Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Praise God. Good morning. Amen. It's good to be in church. Amen. It's good to worship Jesus. Praise God. You know, it's all about Him. It's all about Jesus. And I tell you, I believe that God's bringing the body of Christ back to the place where it's all about Him. Amen. It's all about true worship. It's all about truly walking with Him. You know what? There's no celebrities in the move of God. Amen. There's no celebrities. There's one Savior. Praise God. And that's the one we look to, and that's the one we worship, and He's the one we lift up. Amen. You know what? If Jesus was to manifest Himself here in all of His glory, we would just be like John in the, in the book of Revelations, and every one of us would fall as a dead man before Him. Even though He's our Savior, even though He's our friend, even though He's the lover of our soul, I'm telling you, when you see Him in all of His glory, you would realize that He is who it's all about, and He's the one who deserves the glory and the honor. Amen. So praise God, it's good to be in a place with believers who love Jesus, because that's what it's all about. It's all about Him. Praise God. And when you keep your eyes on Him, you'll not miss what God has for your life. So praise God. You know, it's a real privilege to be here this morning and um, to be ministering the Word. I love what's happening here in Island Church. And you know what? I appreciate um, Pastor Ryan and Kimberly and Jason and the Dean. Praise God for, for the move of God here in this town. Amen. And there's great things happening in the move of God, and it's great to be a part of it. Amen. So praise God. I'm going to go ahead this morning and sure we'll get into the Word. I know you're all busting to get camping. Huh? Praise God. My wife likes camping in the Hilton. She does not like creepy crawlies at all. There's a certain sound I hear in my house. There's a certain scream. I know it's a spider. There's all different pitches for different things. But when you know it's a spider, you know to run. You need to run with everything you need to get the thing and get it out of there. So, but praise God for Jesus. Amen. Lord, we love you. Lord, we just thank you, Lord God, just for the joy of coming together this morning, for the joy of ministering the word, Lord God, and sitting under the word this morning and hearing from you. Lord, I thank you that your word is life. It's living. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, it's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I thank you it can reach places in us and minister to us in a way that nobody else can. So we receive from your engrafted word today that's able to change the way we think, Lord God, and to change our lives as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, I've been talking on several different things where uh, everywhere I minister, um, I've been talking on several different things um, this year, but one of the things that I have been talking about is about a church that is awake and revived. And I believe we need to be awake and revived as believers. Amen? You know, we don't, we're, ne- we're, we're never dead. As in, Once you're a believer, you're never dead. Okay? When you're a believer, you have went from death to life. Okay? You are never, ever dead as a believer, but you can be asleep. And believers can be asleep. And you know what? Many times when we think of being asleep, we think of nodding off. 
But being asleep doesn't mean that you're, you know, non-productive. Being asleep as a believer just means that you're not awake and alert to the things of God. But you are awake and alert to something. Just like, you know, whenever you go to sleep at night, how many of you know you enter into another world whenever you fall asleep? You enter into a dream world. And so you are fully alert in that dream world, but you're non-productive, you know what, just in life because you're sleeping. It's the same way as a believer. A believer can be asleep, but it doesn't mean to say that they're not productive. It just means they're not alert to the things of God. They're not sensitive to the things of God. They've become more sensitive to the flesh. They've become more sensitive to life. They've become more sensitive to the drama, more sensitive to the culture, more sensitive to everything but the move of God. But the good news is, if you are asleep, you're still alive on the inside because you're a believer. It's just like an animal. An animal can go into hibernation, but it's still alive. It's just not alert. And many Christians can be like that, but praise God, not in this house. Amen. This is a church that is awake to the move of God and revived to the move of God. Amen. We don't need to be napping. We don't need to be sleeping. Praise God. Or like some Christians are in a coma. But thank God you can come out of that coma. You can get wake up. You know what? As Christians, we need to have chronic insomnia in the things of God where we are wide awake in the things of God, fully alert to the things of God, deeply in love with Jesus, sensitive to the moving of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Let me just look for a second here. Look over in Romans 13 for a second. Praise God. So I'm, I'm going to try and cheer this morning, and I'm going to try and head on, you know, that you, you need fire and air to run the race that God has for your life. We want to finish our course. We don't want to get halfway and fall asleep. We don't want to get halfway and get discouraged and give up and quit. Do you know what? There's enough in Jesus to get you across the finish line. And there's enough in the grace of God every day to get you to the finish. Praise God. Now in Romans 13, it says here in verse 11, it says, knowing that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. You know, you're closer than when the day you received Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. You're closer to seeing him face to face. You know what? I met Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life in September of 1993. You know, that's almost 30 years ago. So I'm closer now to seeing Jesus face to face. You know what? I'm not giving up on 30 years. You understand? You know, I, I, when, you're, when you've invested that much into the move of God, I believe that the best years are to come. And you know what? And you don't need to ever allow anything to stop you from doing what God's called you to do. You know, you put, you put so much of your life into it. Why would you quit? Praise God at this stage. Let me tell you, the best is yet to come. Amen. People talk about the good old days. We're living in the good old days in the move of God. What you're experiencing now in the move of God, I'm telling you, we're on the cutting edge of something that they're going to write about in books in the years to come. Why would you miss what God has for you? 
I don't intend to miss what God has for me, so it's important for us to be alert and to be awake and not asleep. Look what it says in verse 12. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of what? Light. So it's talking here about, you know, putting on the armor of, of light. And I want you to see this here because it, 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 when it talks about um, being awake, it also talks about light. And you'll see that in the scriptures. Amen. And then in verse 14, it, it lets us know, um, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know when you're dressed in the armor of God, you look like Jesus? Amen. You look like Jesus when you're dressed in the armor of God. You put on, you, you put on his righteousness. Amen. You have your mind renewed. Amen. You stand in faith. Praise God. And all of those wonderful um, parts of the armor of God. You have the sword of the Spirit. Just like Jesus said it is written. You can say it is written. You can speak what the Word of God says. Whenever things come against you, you can lift up the Word of God and you can say it is written. Praise God. Because you're putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. But again, when it talks about being awake, it talks about light. Look over in Ephesians for a second. Ephesians chapter 5. Praise God. Ephesians 5 and verse 8. It says here, For you were sometimes, or that means you were at one time darkness. You were at one time darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Amen? You're light. See, this is the problem many times with Christians. Many times with Christians, we don't know who we are. Many times with Christians, we don't know what kingdom we're in. We think we're still darkness. When you're not darkness, you're light. You're not in the kingdom of darkness. You have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you got a new citizenship. And that citizenship is that you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. You are not darkness. Do not ever see yourself as darkness. Because darkness has absolutely no hold on your life whatsoever. The only hold that Satan has on any of our lives is the authority that we give him. But he has no authority over any of our lives. Amen? Praise God. We're free. Just like John was sharing, we're free. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You have been set free from the law of sin and death. Amen? It says, now you are light in the Lord, and then it says, walk as children of light. Do you see, when we're asleep, we're not walking out who we are. You can be asleep, and you're alert to the natural, but I'm telling you, when you know that you are light, you realize that I'm in the kingdom of God. You realize there's a purpose, there's a destiny for your life. And you're not going to miss what God has for your life. You want your life to count. You're going to live for Jesus all the days of your life. Some people say, I don't know whether I'm going to live for Jesus all the days of my life. You have a choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. You have the choice. It's not going to happen by accident. It happens on purpose. Because you choose to make that decision that I am going to serve Jesus all the days of my life. 
And you don't have to be old to do that. You can be young. Like this young lad here and different young ones that are in, in here. You can make the choice. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. You don't have to act like everybody else is acting. You have a choice. You have a say. You have a say to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going all the way with him. You'll never regret it. Look in verse um, 14, it says here of um, Ephesians 5, it says, Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleeps, arise from the dead. Amen? Do you know what? You can be asleep among the dead, but as a believer, you're never dead. You understand? Do you know what being asleep among the dead is? The Bible lets us know that people who don't know Jesus, even though they're alive physically in their spirit, they're dead, they're dead in trespasses and sins. And the good news is, is Jesus died for sinners. So anybody can make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life and go from death to life. But if you've made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you are not dead. Amen? You're alive. But you can be asleep among the dead. And asleep among the dead, when you take someone that's sleeping and someone that's dead, it's hard to tell the difference between the two. And a Christian that's asleep is not being effective. A Christian that's asleep is just like everybody else. And that's why as believers, we're not called to be like the world. And many of you know you don't have to be like the world to win the world. Don't swallow that lie. The lie in our generation for Christians for a great number of years is that if you want to reach the lost, you have to be like the lost to reach the, the lost. No, if you want to reach the lost, you need to be like Jesus. To reach the lost, you need to, to be able to be around people. I don't mean that you pl plunk yourself in environments where you start feeding off that environment and you start becoming like that environment. But I'm talking about where you can be around people. You need to be able to be around people and not be being influenced. You need to be in that environment and be the influence. When you can be in, the, in environments and you can be the influence, you're not asleep among the dead. You're able to be fully alive, affecting the dead, reaching the dead. So it says here that we are to be awake. Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead. And look what it says here, and Christ shall give thee light. You already are light, but what I'm saying is Christ will give you light where that light will start permeating through you to where people begin to see it. And I'm telling you, we need to be believers that don't... What we're not like in camouflage in the world. We need to be believers that stand out in the world. We're not called to be camouflaged. The Bible tells us that we are called to be what? The light of the world. Amen. And what does it say about being light? It tells us to not hide it. So we're not to hide our light. Why? Because light is an influencer. Light illuminates the darkness. And we are meant to be that illumination. That illumination is the life of Jesus radiating out through us. The Bible tells us that the life was the light in John chapter 1. The life of Jesus was the light to the world. And now we have that life in us. And many of you have the life of God in you. Amen. Praise God. When you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you have Zoe life in you. Zoe means the life of God. 
Life as God has it. Life as God knows it. When you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you're not dead, you're alive. You have went from being dead, separated from God, to being alive with the life of God in you, eternal life in you. That is the light. But if you put a bushel over you or a basket over you, the world can't see it. And you become dead among the world. You become just a normal, natural, living out of your natural. You become a mere man. But when you start walking with Jesus and you let his life start permeating through you, you start to become an influence in the world everywhere you go. And we need that life. Now, I love what it says about when we are the light of the world. It talks about a candle. And when you think about a candle, what is it? It's a fire. Praise God. You know, as believers, we need to be on fire for Jesus. On fire for Jesus. The Bible tells us that we are to be fervent serving the Lord. Know what fervent means? It means a boil. It means a blaze. Do you know what? We don't need to be lukewarm serving the Lord. We need to be hot serving the Lord. Do you know what? If you want to stay hot, you know what? You need to hang around the fire. You know, I was down at my mom's old house this week, we went down to where my mom grew up this, this past week, and we took the kids down. And uh, my, my mom's brother, he still lives down there. He's a fisherman. He fishes on the loch there up in Northern Ireland. But you know what? At where my mom lived, you can see the loch. You just walk right down, and you're on the loch. And it's a lovely place, right out stuck in the middle of the country, out in Ockagallan uh, direction. And you just walk right down there to the lock, and we walked around, you know what, and just had a, had a great day. But you know what, the wee house that my mom grew up in is still there. And when we went into the house, you wonder how, you know, grandpa, my grandparents raised a family in this wee house. Like, nine kids in this wee house. Couldn't swing a cat in it. I'm not joking, it was so small. But you know what, the fire was still there. And you know, it was still there, all of the stuff, you know, we had hang up the, I don't know what they called it, you know, like the teapot, what I'd call it anyway. But you'd hang it up there to boil the water. It was still there, and you know where it was? Right above the fire. It's still sitting there. Do you know what? Years ago, that's how people boiled hot water. And if you wanted to be hot, you had to be around the fire. And the fire would boil it. But you know what? The moment you take that away, that thing starts cooling down. And if you leave it long enough, something that was once hot can start becoming lukewarm. And you know what? As believers, we don't ever want to be lukewarm. As believers, we want to be a glow, a blaze serving the Lord. But you know how you become lukewarm? You could have been an unfair believer. Do you know how you become lukewarm? You just stop hanging around the fire. And after a while, you just start becoming carnal and you become like everybody else. And the fire that you once had went out. Now, I'm talking about went out as in seen. But here's the good news about the fire of God. The fire of God never goes out. When God lights something, it's still there. It may be not seen, but it's in there. There may be ambers out here. But the good news is if you get round the fire... What happens is it starts to come through again. 
Do you know what? I have seen Christians who were not on fire for God become hot on fire for God. Amen? And do you know what? If you are on fire for God, stay on fire for God. Praise God. Time goes very quick in this church. Here's a couple of things just about fire. I'm not going to go into these, but here's just a couple of things about fire. Fire is seen. And we need to be clearly seen. Amen. You know what? Fire gives off something. And as believers, we need to radiate something. You can see that with Moses. You know what? When he was in the presence of God, he radiated. Stephen radiated. And it doesn't always mean that you're glowing like a light bulb, okay? To be in fire for God doesn't mean to say that you have to be screaming and shouting and sweating and all of those kind of, oh, they're really on fire for God. Being on fire for God just means that you are fully alert to the things of God and you are so sensitive to where you have a passion for Jesus. We all express ourselves differently. But you know what? You need to have fire in you when it comes to the things of God. And fire, another thing about fire is fire is always moving. If you watch fire, it doesn't stand still. It's always flickering. It's always moving. It's always like, you know, you just think it's dancing. Do you know why? Because it's alive. And when you have fire, you have that on the inside of you. And you can't sit still. You can't keep quiet. There's something in you that just is alive. You want to serve God. You want your life to be effective because there's a fire in you. It's lit. Fire puts you to sleep. You want any evidence of that? Come up to my father-in-law's house and you'll see my father-in-law's front of the open fire. <laughs> you fall asleep. But you know what? It, we, the sleep that we have is asleep to the world. When you become on fire for God, you are asleep to the world. Whatever you're on fire to, you're asleep to the opposite of it. Fire consumes you can see that with Jesus when Jesus went into the temple that time and he overturned the tables. And the reason he did was because of the zeal of God's house. He had such a passion for God's house. And he didn't like what he seen because the fire of God was consuming him. You see, when you get in fire for God, there's a lot of things just automatically start leaving your life. Selfish ambition starts leaving your life. Selfish dreams Start leaving your life. Why? Because you want your life. You start praying prayers of consecration. God, here's my life. You do with me whatever you want. God, whatever you have for my life, that's what I want. Birth that desire in me. That's what happens whenever you start being consumed. Fire also cleanses. And you can see that. You know what? The dross comes to the top underneath fire. And you know what? The fire starts removing stuff from our lives. And as I said a moment ago, the fire of God never goes out. In the Old Testament, when God lit the fire, the fire didn't go out. They were meant to keep taken from that fire. It was never meant to ever go out. And here's another wonderful thing about fire is fire spreads and can be very dangerous. Amen? That's why we want our life to be a naked flame. Not a naked weirdo, Okay? I'm naked before God. Praise God, not around me. Amen. But you know what? We need to be a naked flame for God. A naked flame means it's, it's not 
you know, put into a wee box. A naked flame means that you remove the boundary around that flame and you let that flame burn. Amen? That's a naked flame. So we are not to cover the flame of God. We're to let that flame spread. And that flame wants to spread. It wants to affect other people's lives to where other people get on fire for Jesus. Fire can spread very quickly. I learned that as a young lad. Because when we were kids, we decided one summer we had bought matches and different things and we were, well actually we were lighting this straw stuff and we were smoking, <laughs> smoking it as kids. It was hollow. And we were just messing. I was only a young lad. But we had matches and we didn't realize we were right lighting the straw. And it took, got a light and then the wind got it and boy, it took off. And so did we. Amen. <laughs> we done a runner. And the fire brigade had to come and put it out. And of course, we were so honest when we were kids when the fire brigade came and asked who done it. We never seen anything. We, didn't, we never seen anything to this day. We never seen anything. But let me tell you, we, we got our door knocked because other people seen. Well, we still denied all. But today I'm here to tell you it was me who did it. <laughs> but it did spread. John Wesley said, get on fire for God and men will come and see you burn. Light yourself on fire with a passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. It is so important as Christians to be on fire for Jesus. It's so important to, to be a church on fire for Jesus. Hillsong used to sing a song years ago. Um, I, I say on Sunday, how much I want revival. And then on Monday, I can't even find my Bible. We don't need to be a people like that. We need to be a people who are on fire for Jesus on Sunday, but also on Monday. And Tuesday, it becomes a lifestyle to us. Praise God. Thank God for the fire of God. Amen. Now, there's three places you need fire. Number one, you need fire in your heart. Let me look over to um, Luke chapter 24. You need the fire of God in your heart. And this is the road to a mess experience. This was after Jesus was raised from the dead and he was walking with two disciples on the road to a mess. And as he was walking, these two disciples, they were sad. And Jesus joined himself to these two disciples and he started, the Bible lets us know that he started to reveal himself through the scriptures. You see, the, revel, the, the word of God is a revelation of Jesus. And if you go to the Bible and you don't see Jesus, it's just a religious book to you. And if you go to the Old Testament and you don't see Jesus, it's just all history and rules and regulations. But I'm telling you, Jesus is in every chapter of the book. It's a, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is walking with these disciples and he starts opening up the Old Testament and he starts speaking about himself from the Scriptures. Praise God, he was the lamb that was slain. He was the rock that followed them in the wilderness. Amen. You can look through everything. 
It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. And then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the Bible says in Revelations that his name is called the word of God. The word of God is a revelation of Jesus Christ. If you don't see Jesus in the scriptures, if all you get is information, if all you get is a history lesson and all of those kind of things, and you miss seeing Jesus, the fire that is in this book will not affect you. But there is something when you get a revelation of Jesus. It doesn't go off out here, it goes off in here. And every believer who's ever had the word come alive in you, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can be sitting and the word go off on you and I praise the Lord. Do you ever get it? Amen. And so, you know, we can all respond different. There's times whenever I've just went, yes, I see it. Amen, I see it. You know what the, the, the Bible says? The eyes of your understanding became enlightened. And you've seen it. And all you've you seen it. And it was just like, praise the Lord. Amen, it just went off on you. Other times, you're, do you ever be facing something and you're listening to a message and something, one line could just be said and boy, it hits you. And you're out of your truck. Oh, glory to Jesus. Amen. I am healed. Amen. Amen. I am blessed. Praise God. See, a lot of people, just as Jason was sharing earlier, a lot of people are waiting for their bank to show them that they're blessed. But I'm telling you, do you see when you get a revelation that you're blessed, your bank has nothing got to do with it. It's the word. You're blessed not because of what your bank tells you. You're blessed because of what the word says. And the word says you're blessed. Now, I'm not blessed. When it's saying to see how much money I am, I'm not blessed. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. The blessing is not the rich. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. The blessing is not the money. The blessing is what God spoke over you, empowering you to prosper. That's why you could have money, lose money, but you don't lose the blessing. And if you haven't lost the blessing, why are you saying I'm not blessed? You say I'm blessed not because of what I have in the bank. I'm blessed because of what God said. God said to Abraham, I'll bless you and make you a blessing. It was God who blessed him. Just like in Genesis, God blessed Adam. He blessed him. And I'm telling you, when Jesus raised from the dead, he made provision for you to be blessed and for the blessing of Abraham to come upon you. And when you met Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of your life, one of the greatest things happened. God pronounced you blessed with every spiritual blessing. People say it was a spiritual blessing. I wish it was a physical blessing. Physical things change. See, people are oh, blessed because I have a car. I'm blessed. They're blessings. They're as a result of the blessing. But many of you know the car you drive, it's going to end up in a scrap heap someday. But you still are blessed. Amen. I lost my good car. You didn't lose the blessing. What are you moaning about? Praise God. Start rejoicing. <laughs> See, when, you're, when you get a revelation that you're blessed. I'm not, I'm not healed because I'm sick. 
How can you say, I'm healed at you? I'm healed at you. Well, you can either base your life on your feelings and your emotions and your aches and your pains, or you can base your life on what Jesus says. But you see, unless you get a revelation of that, but I'm telling you, do you see whenever it goes off on you that by his stripes you are healed? By his stripes you were healed. I am healed. I don't care what it feels like. I am healed. Amen. I'm healed. That's you. That you has nothing got to do with what God says. It didn't change anything. You have a choice. You can say what God says about your life or you can say what your body tells you. And we don't ignore feelings. We don't ignore our body. I mean, you can be in aches and pains all over. Faith is not a denial. Faith gets in agreement with what God says. But you see, that's a revelation. Now, Jesus is speaking to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And as he's speaking and revealing himself from the Scriptures, look at what they said. Luke 24 and verse 32, it says, And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us? While he talked with us, and by the way, and while he opened unto us the Scriptures. You want to be in fire for God, you get a love for the Word of God. Some people get a love for feelings. Oh, feel the anointing. Yeah, and then half an hour later, they don't feel the anointing. I love it in church whenever you have feelings. But I love it in church when I get revelation. Because revelation you take home with you. Amen. And revelation comes from the scriptures. Jesus had a tongue that was on fire, and as he spoke, it set their hearts on fire. Number two, you need fire in your bones. I love Rocky. Anybody else love Rocky? No. No. I love, I love Rocky films. I know it's corny. I know a, fi- a fight like that doesn't happen in real life. You know, you don't drop your guard in the boxing ring, and, doof, and, doof, and then now it's my turn, you drop yours. Doof, doof. Uh, not real. But you know who I love in Rocky? I love Rocky's trainer, Mickey. Do you know why? Mickey lives, breathes, sleeps, boxing. It is all he thinks about is boxing. You know, it's a, you look, you watch the film. I'm not going to get into it today, but but you know what? He's got boxing in his bones. Let me tell you, we need to be like that with the move of God. We need to be like that with the things of God, where it has consumed us. That it's in your bones. Do you know your bones is where your marrow is just naturally. And you know, your, your marrow is the core of your strength. Everything comes from there, your blood cells, and you know, it's the core of your strength. Praise God, that's why the Word is health to our bones, health to our marrow. Amen? The Word is health to all of our flesh, the Bible says. But you know what? You, when you look at your bones and you look at your marrow, you're looking at the core of who you are in your natural. 
Let me tell you, you need your heart on fire for God and you need your bones. You need it that it's in you. The words just in you. Amen? Jeremiah chapter 20. <laughs> Praise God. I think we'll just stick with the fire. We won't be getting to any error today on how to finish your course. Amen? But we'll look at how <laughs> the importance of fire in us and finishing our course as believers. Amen? Um, you need fire in your bones. Jeremiah 20 and verse 9. It says here, Then I said, Look at this. I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. Then he said, I'm going to behave myself. And he's ever said that, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to get around my friends or whatever, and I'm not going to tell them about Jesus today. I'm going to try and behave myself. Then he's ever done that. Yeah? Or he said, I'm going to go to church today and I'm going to behave myself. I'm not going to be shouting. I'm not going to be roaring. I'm not going to be running. I'm going to behave myself. Sometimes when you're in the presence of God and then you leave, sometimes your mind tells you, oh, you're stupid. You go, I'm going to go today and go behave myself. <laughs> but look at this. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. Amen? Do you know what that's in? I tried to behave myself, but then the worship started and Leah started playing. Amen? And then we started singing about how good our God is and you know, I started thinking about how good God is. Did you ever be there? Yeah. Glory to God! Everybody's looking around. What on earth is going on? We are, we are one. Well, that's because they're a big wet blanket. And this one just can't keep quiet. I'm, I'm going to behave myself. Do you know what? You need fire in you. Until yes. it's in your bones. Yes. Praise God. <laughs> I love also over in um, 2 Kings chapter 13. Praise God. It's good to be on fire for Jesus. It says here in 2 Kings 13 and verse 21, it says, And it came to pass, as they were burying a man, it says that, behold, they spied a band of men. So there was a crowd of people coming and they thought, we're going to have to get rid of this dead body brave and quick here. So it was a very, very quick funeral. Okay. <laughs> it was that quick, they just threw him in. Okay, it says, and they cast the man into the sepulcher. See a crowd you? Boom. <laughs> and they took off. It says, and when the man was let down, it says, and touched the bones of Elisha. He revived and stood up on his feet. Amen. Let me tell you, if you're dead, get around someone that's got fire in their bones. Amazing. Touched this man that had fire in his bones and this dead man stood right up on his feet. Praise God. I'm telling you, there's a lot of believers that are laying flat on their back. But I'm telling you, they're going to be on their feet serving Jesus and being effective. Don't write anybody off. Never write anybody off because they faced a difficult situation or whatever. Never write anybody off. You are never a write-off when Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life. 
You just need to get back around the fire. Amen? And praise God. You see, for believers, we need to stay in fire because there's a lot of people need us. This is not the day and hour to be asleep. This is the day and hour to be awake. Oh, but the culture's so different. The culture has nothing got to do with us. The culture doesn't determine how hot you are for God. You determine how hot you are for God because you can get around the fire. I'm waiting for God to set me on fire. No, get in His Word. I want to be on fire for God. Come to a church like this that teaches the Word of God. Because as you hear the Word, the Word starts working in you. Many of you can say the Word's been changing your life. Yeah? That's what it's about. And I'm telling you, if you want to be on fire, stay around the Word. You can't afford not to come to church. And in this generation, I promise you, you can't afford. It's amazing. It doesn't take too long to get out of the flow of the things of God. What is it to say? They say it takes something like 21 days to form a habit. I think it's a lot quicker in this generation because it's bombarding, it's bombarding, it's bombarding us. I'm telling you, just stay in the Word, stay around the things of God. Let me tell you, you start getting that fire in your heart. Praise God, you stay in it, it starts getting in your bones. Here's another thing, you need fire in your mouth. Thank God for the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I love, when you read the New Testament, you will always see it side by side. It's always the Word and the Spirit. You don't need one without the other. You need both. All Word, you'll dry up. All Spirit, you'll blow up. You need the Word and the Spirit. Some Christians, you know what, that's what I'm saying. They just have information, and they're as dry as a bone. I always say they're as dry as a bone that the dog has licked every bit of meat off it and has lying in the garden on a hot summer's day. They're as dry as a bone, but they can quote Scripture, but it's not living in them. It's just an echo. And then you have other Christians, and they're the weirdest people on the planet Earth because they think it's all spirit. And so sometimes when people are all feelings and emotions and they don't have the Word to ground them, then they become eccentric and they become weird and they become strange. But many you know you can be full of the Holy Ghost and still be sensible. You can be full of the Holy Ghost and still full of the sense and the wisdom of God's Word that grounds your life. I have met some weird Christians in my life. Someone flies by. Do you think that's God speaking to me? No, open your Bible and God will speak to you. Amen? And then when you walk with God... Let me tell you, then God will start speaking to your spirit, spirit to spirit, to where you can then be led and guided by the Holy Ghost. But I can promise you, God's not going to lead you and guide you outside of God's Word. And if you want to know God speaking to you, get in the Word, because God will always speak to you in the parameters of God's Word, and it keeps you safe. Praise God, we need to be people that are full of the Holy Ghost, can operate in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, speak in other tongues, And still be 
real with our family and our kids to where our kids don't, you know what I mean? Some kids are embarrassed bringing people around to the house because they open the door, they don't know why, you know, my parents are going to be running around, oh, oh, Sunday. There's, there's, there's being weird. But there's also being on fire for God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. You need fire in your mouth. I laughed the other week. We were having a, um, we were having a thing in, in the church in Athlone that I, that I minister in. And it was a, an Indian family. And they had food afterwards prepared. And there's a, a wee woman that comes to the church sometimes. And she has difficulty with speaking. And we could see her going over and eating the food. And she, <laughs> the next thing she just ran out the door. Because her mouth was in fire. And she ran away. <laughs> but she wasn't able to tell us. Because the food was so hot. It got in her mouth. Let me tell you, when the fire of God gets in your mouth, you start to speak. Amen? You start to speak. And praise God for Indian food. Amen? We are so blessed. Praise God. What would we do without Indian food and Chinese food? What would we do? Matthew chapter 3, and I'm finishing, praise God, amen. Matthew chapter, but Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, it talks about Jesus here. John the Baptist, you know, was baptizing with water, but Jesus would come and he would baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, Amen. Smith Wigglesworth said, I see people from time to time very slack, cold, and indifference. Indifferent. But after they get filled with the Holy Ghost, they become a blaze for God. The baptism in the Holy Ghost is essential for believers. People say, what's the baptism in the Holy Ghost? In the new birth, you have the Holy Ghost move in you. And that becomes your personal well. And sometimes people get mixed up and they say, you know what, if somebody's saved, do they have the Holy Ghost? Yes. Everybody who's saved has the Holy Ghost. They have the Holy Ghost as that inward well. And every believer has the inward Holy Ghost who's made Jesus, the Christ, Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their lives. The Holy Ghost moved in. Amen. Do you remember when Jesus breathed on the disciples and he said, receive you the Holy Ghost? That was before the day of Pentecost and they got born again. But on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost, and He came as a rushing mighty wind. Right. Amen. And cloven tongues of fire sat upon each of them. And then those tongues of fire got in them. Praise God. And they began to speak in other tongues. The baptism in the Holy Ghost is when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. When you get saved, the Holy Ghost moves in you. And every believer has the Holy Ghost in them. Every single believer has the Holy Ghost in them, but not every believer has the Holy Ghost upon them. It's two separate things. It was like whenever um, Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Christ and they got saved. They made Jesus the Lord and Savior of their lives and they received the new birth and the Holy Spirit moved in. 
But then they sent back word, and Peter and John came and laid hands on them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost with the endowment of power from on high. And the Holy Ghost came upon them. There is always those two acts of the Holy Ghost. One is in the new birth. The other one is when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Praise God. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you get the gift of speaking in other tongues. And one of the best ways to stay on fire for a believer is to pray in the Holy Ghost. Do not, do not ever be ashamed to be a spirit-filled believer. I've heard people say over the years, oh, we don't believe in that anymore. I do. Do you know why? Because the Word says it. And Jesus said to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus said to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and that they would speak in other tongues. And praise God, I speak in other tongues. And I'm sure the majority of people in here speak in other tongues. But that is what you need. You see, there's a power that comes. There's a boldness that comes whenever you are baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can go from someone that is shy, and that doesn't mean to say that you lose your personality. But what it does mean to say is, you know what, you'll be in situations, and I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will move on you, and you know what, and you'll do things that you never dreamt you were able to do. You will speak in places. You will go places. You will stand up for Jesus in a way that you would not be able to do in your natural ability. But the Holy Ghost will enable you. And I'm telling you, do you see, in these days, you need to be on fire for God in these days. You need the fire of God in your heart. You need the fire of God in your bones. And you need the fire of God in your mouth. Amen. And praise God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me say this here as well. And this is definitely the scripture I'm closing on. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. And it says here, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance. Look what it says here, that you stir up the gift of God. Who stirs up the gift of God? You do. That you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Look at that. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and of what? A sound mind. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Praise God. If you read Timothy, Timothy had a lot of things going on. Timothy was in tears. Timothy was facing a lot. But Paul said, Timothy, you remember that hands were laid on you and you received the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, I believe this portion of Scripture is mainly talking about the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I'll leave that for Jason to sort that out. <laughs> I believe that's what it's talking about here. Because when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, let me tell you, you don't have a spirit of fear. You have a spirit of power. Amen? And the Bible says here to stir yourself up. Amen? Stir up the gift of God that's in you. Do you know that word for stir up? Do you know what it means? It means to fan a flame. Amen? That's what it means. It means to fan the flame. Just like if you have a barbecue, you know what we have, we, well, we've got a gas one there, it's 
far easier, but we did have the charcoal one. And you have to open up the vents so that you can let the wind go through to get the fire to blaze up. Or if you have an open fire or you have a stove or whatever, you have to open up the vents to get the fire to blaze up. How do you stay ablaze as a Christian? If your fire is not there the way it used to be, well, how do you stir it up? You start praying in the Holy Ghost. And as you pray in the Holy Ghost, what happens is the fire starts being fanned. As you pray in the Holy Ghost, and that fire starts burning up within you. So you want to stay in fire for God. You need the fire of God to finish the race that God has for your life. If you want to stay in fire for God, let me tell you, you need to be in the Word. And you need to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen? You need to be in the Word and you need to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I love that, even just the analogy of it. The Holy Ghost, you see with the Holy Ghost, He's fire, amen? There's fire and there's also wind or oxygen, okay? With the Holy Ghost. You can also see with the Word of God, the Word was fire, amen? And the Word, the Bible says, is God breathed. You see, when you have the Word of God, you will have that oxygen and you will have that fire in you to do what it is God's called you to do. Amen? Amen? The Christian walk is not hard in the sense of you you can't, it's hard if you do it. It's really hard if you do it in your own strength. It is impossible to do it in your own strength. Because you can't walk this walk out in the natural. But if you put the word of God in you, and you pray, let me tell you, God will give you the strength. God will give you the strength. The thing is, you have to expose yourself to the Word of God. And the thing is, you have to stir yourself up. That doesn't mean to say you're like a psycho warrior stirring yourself up. That just means to say that you pray in the Holy Ghost. I can be lying in bed in the middle of the night sometimes and I'll wake up and God has something on my heart and I can be praying underneath my breath so softly that Donna doesn't even hear it and she's a light sleeper. You don't always have to be running about to be on fire. You can be driving your car and praying in the Holy Ghost. You can be driving your car and saying, you know what, I usually listen to the radio and that's been putting me to sleep. And God, I'm, more, I'm, I'm angry at the government. I'm angry at this. I'm angry at that. I'm angry at everything, but I'm not in faith. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm turning that off for a while. And do you know what? I'm going to listen to the podcasts. I'm listen to Jason speaking on being led by the Holy Ghost. Praise God, and I'm, I'm going to put that in because I need the Holy Ghost today. Amen? Or I'm going to listen to the Word going to work, and I'm going to pray a coming back or something. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Praise God. Amen. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you, Lord God. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the Word of God, Lord. Lord, we praise you. Amen.
Amen. Praise God. God, you are so good. Good to serve Jesus. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Praise God. If you're here today and you have never met Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of your life, it is so easy. Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. And Jesus paid the price for you. Praise God to spend eternity with him. But you know what? We just have to recognize that we need him. That we're a sinner in need of a savior. If you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior for your life, let me tell you, that is your condition. You are a sinner in need of a Savior. You may not know that, but I'm telling you, he died for you because he loves you. And the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. And you know what? If a person died without knowing Jesus, they're going to lost eternity. But I'm telling you, when you make Jesus the Lord and Savior for your life, I'm telling you, he is so good that he did it all. He paid the price for you and all we have to do is receive him. You know, if you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, don't miss this opportunity. Amen? You know, if you want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, praise God, would you lift your hand this morning, if that's you? Praise God, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you want to know that you're saved. Praise God, lift your hand this morning. Amen. Praise God, it's good to be in a church where people are saved. Amen. You know what, if you have never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, if you don't speak in other tongues, in other words, but you're saved, but you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, Praise God. Is there anybody here who would like to be filled with the Holy Ghost today? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Is there anybody else this morning? Leah, would you be able to play for us? Please. Praise God. Thank God for Leah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word and for your spirit, Lord. Two keys that you've given us, Lord, to rule and reign in this life. To stand in these days, Lord. To equip us, to train us. To mature us. Thank you, Father. For more revelation, Father, of the importance of being in your word and being filled with your spirit so we can stay on fire for you in everything that we do. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. It's our responsibility to keep the fire going. It's our responsibility to fan the flame, to stir up what God's placed on the inside of us, to be in the Word, 
to renew our minds so we can press towards that finish line full of energy, full of vitality. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for what you've placed on the inside of us. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost that was given this morning, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Power. Power from on high. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this wonderful time of fellowship together, Lord. In your presence, sharpening each other up, Lord. Learning more about you, Lord. Being conformed into your image. We thank you, Father, as we exit out of this place, Lord. Your hand is upon us. We are protected. We stand on Psalm 91, Lord, that we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. So we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. No evil, no plague shall come near our dwelling place. No sickness, no disease can prosper against us. You give your angels charge over us, Lord, keeping us in all of our ways. As we travel home, as we travel to work this week, as we, wherever we are, your hand is upon us, Lord. We thank you for opportunities this week, Lord, to be ambassadors for you, Jesus. Opportunities to lay hands on the sick. Opportunities to share the hope that we have on the inside of us. Give us those times, Lord, where we can reap the harvest of the seeds that have been sown. Give us the boldness that we need, Lord, to follow through in obedience and not shy away from circumstances. To stand up for your name, to stand up for your word in everything that we do. Help us look more like you, Lord. We walk in love towards you and in faith towards you, in faith towards your word, in faith towards, in love towards one another. Always building each other up, looking out for each other, encouraging each other in the Lord, being the body that you've called us to be. We thank you, Lord, that here at Island Church Dundalk, we're covered by your blood, we're empowered by your word and we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Are you blessed? Praise God. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.